And welcome back and welcome to our backstory conversation with Nina. Welcome back, Nina. I trust you know that I and our entire True Tales crew are fans of yours. We appreciate not just your storytelling, but your workshopping and the coaching that you have aided our program with. And since you've taken up storytelling, you've been incredibly active on a variety of fronts. So we actually have a lot to talk about. <clears throat> One of them is ASST. You, know, you work with Storytel and MC with artists standing to strong together. And I imagine our listeners might be interested in ASST. I certainly am. It's an intriguing title. And so to start us off, would you share with us what Artists Standing Strong Together is, what it does, and how you work with them? Thanks, David. Yes, Artists Standing Strong Together got um, initiated in March of 2020 during the pandemic when it was no longer possible to do in-person performance. And many people, that's their livelihood is to perform as storytelling. And so they gather together and created this organization that links um, resources to artists, links artists to artists and to possibilities. And from day one, they started to create shows and programs. And it's an, um, it's, it's a, now a 501c3 nonprofit. Besides doing storytelling shows, they also do storytelling workshops. And then to keep the tradition of oral storytelling going, they have a Youth Standing Strong Together camp where one-to-one one -one mentors are chosen to match up with young people from around the world to learn the craft so that it, you know, that it perpetuates and keeps going on and on and on. And so for um, they have typically four storytelling programs uh, um, a month. One wow. is that I MC with regularity is the adults only program <laughs> where um, we suggest there not be any children in the room when this show um, airs. And uh, that's possible because it, it happens either nine or 10 o'clock at night Eastern Standard Time, usually the second Saturday of the month. And um, that's where I'll be there in just a couple of weeks performing a story. Very cool. And you storytell and you also MC some of the productions? Yes, yes. So I've, I've actually emceed a family storytelling uh, program. And uh, as a part of an MC, sometimes you have to tell a story as well. So it's my role to introduce people and um, share information about the organization. And what I, what I failed to tell you is that Artists Standing Strong Together was created by Sheila Arnold and Donna Washington, who were at the Women's Storytelling Festival just a couple of days before everything you know, locked down. And so together they said, we need to do something for the community. And so they do. And one other thing that they do is on Monday afternoons at 4 p.m., they have a website where you can check this all out, um, is that they have a powwow. And whether you're a storytelling teller or uh, appreciator, you can hang out with other storytellers from 4 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And they have hot topics that they discuss, present, and also sometimes they just do more of a networking kind of event where you can 
uh, meet up with other artists. And during the pandemic, where many of us, you know, um, were not used to staying at home all the time, that was a godsend that you had this uh, activity, and it it, it continues, it perpetuates, and keeps getting stronger and stronger. Very cool. <clears throat> you mentioned in an email to me that you take a playful approach to emceeing. And speaking of playful, you also play and teach the ukulele. And some of us have heard a story of yours about that. And I wonder if there's a, it's not intuitively obvious to me, but if there's a connection between ukulele playing and teaching and storytelling. So is there something that connects well, those two? Well, for you? Sure, absolutely. The way that way that I teach ukulele, I teach in a very practical way, meaning that um, I'm not going to over overburden people with the theory. I want people holding that instrument and I want them strumming right from the first lesson, you know, just get them going. And and so um, you have to um, get people to trust in each other that making mistakes is the norm and, and really enjoy yourself. And I think that like being perfectly imperfect kind of um, mentality falls into you know uh, intersects with the with the MC because some of the shows I was introducing storytellers that did um, fictional stories whether they be fables or fairy tales and to me that's challenging to listen and to and also sometimes hearing it for the first time and so after they tell a story I have to a little bit do an interview with them about the story. So as far as my playfulness goes, I have thrown that out. And so I will just pick up on certain things in a, any story that will resonate to me or something that I know what the person uh, does. And I encourage them, especially in the adult shows, is to tell us a secret. Will you share something no one else knows? And sometimes they do. You know, we, you know, it's, 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 it's to, um, to ask people the unexpected makes things fun and it makes it really fun for the audience, which I'm sure some of them might have had the same question as I did. Yeah, so to play the, play the ukulele, you have to um, uh, be willing to take the, the uh, at least with, with other people, just take the leap of faith and just immerse yourself and enjoy it. And I do the same with the uh, MC role, which which I enjoyed more than I, than I expected. <clears throat> you also produce or co-produce the uh, Pecha Kucha uh, Night in Bridgeport, which as you noted to me is a form of visual or digital storytelling. And I wonder if we might talk about that a bit because True Tales Live has its roots in radio and audio, as John mentioned, and it's now morphed into a more of a visual video form. And it seems to me Pecha Kucha is a more purely visual storytelling form. So my question is, how does visual storytelling, Pecha Kucha in particular, inform or influence your usual storytelling process? Okay, actually, it's um, not to correct you, some people call it Pecha Kucha, but the, it's Japanese for chit-chat, and so the official pronunci pronunciation is Pachakacha. And in, in this format, you tell a story with 20 images, and each, right. Im each image projects for 20 seconds on a big screen. And so when you're, and you source your images, they can be photographs or 
public domain images or hand drawings. And so you, you sign the order and then you need to sync your story with those images. And when the images are done, your story is done. So every story is exactly six minutes and 40 seconds. And so in order, in order to do Pachacacha story, you really need to cut to the chase. You need to figure out what's the most important elements of the story. And I will typically use a story that I've told on True Tales Live or another show and put it into this format. And it turns into a much conciser story, but of course the visuals tell part of the story where you don't have to give certain details. Like if you, if I'm wearing a red dress, I don't need to say that you see on the big screen that I just put a photo up of a, of a red dress. And so what Pachakacha does, it, it creates a new lens to examine my stories. And so I pare them down to their bare minimum. And then when I'm telling that story again, I puff it out in slightly different ways. So it, it helps in the evolution of a story. I think it makes it much more, much stronger and, and, and more compelling. Uh, and uh, so this, so you can check on the um, Bridgeport Pachacacha website, uh, some samplings of my stories, because uh, what we do is we actually, after um, the events, which we've had virtual and in-person, we have transitioned to in-person um, events uh, in the Ooh. last year or so. And so you can actually see um, a, an archive repository not just my stories, but the other people who have presented. And this storytelling format is in over 1,100 cities around the world. And many of the organizing cities do put them on this website. You know, for example, I have done Pachacacha in New Hampshire, actually in Portsmouth. And uh, I actually traveled. I took, I got in my car, traveled to tell a six minute and 40 second story and then headed back home the same day. You also mentioned in your email to me uh, a description of your storytelling development process. And I wonder as we begin to move towards the close, if you could talk somewhat about that. Um, what is exactly it? You, it sounds like you've maybe used a variety of different story development processes. Just chat with us a little bit about that. Yeah, my favorite, curious. my favorite um, way to actually start a story is have an image in my head. Like I tell this um, uh, pick, uh, this story about hot, eating hot potatoes in the snow. And I actually was, I was sitting at home and I just remembered the, uh, the guy who does the snow removal in my driveway, surprise on his face when I gave him an item, um, which was a baked potato, which he thought was baked goods. He thought it was a muffin. And it was that little thing that sparked the story. It's like, wait a minute, there's something here and then I'll backtrack. And so what I have learned over the years, I used to like sit down for, you know, it would over the course of a month or two months, I would spend days uh, trying to craft these stories. But I've since um, started to attend different storytelling groups like True Tales Lives Workshop, where I'll take a story in its infancy and show it, and, you know, give it to people and getting people's thoughts and ideas and, and, and impressions of the story really shortcut my process. 
because in my head, the story is totally clear, you know, and in other people's head, well, you're not living inside my head. So it's not <laughs> so be clear. And then people point out to me, you know, this could be a funny moment or, you know, tell me more about this. And so going a few rounds of workshopping these stories in various groups really knocks a story into much better shape. It becomes a much stronger story. But if anything, it's a lifesaver because then I can focus my time on just fine tuning the story and and um, getting ready to share it wherever I might be uh, sharing it. And so um, I do I do stay with personal stories. Uh, that is that is my that is my favorite uh, type of uh, storytelling. And um, I learned through the stories of others. So I will, I will actually watch all kinds of storytelling shows and then watch people's techniques and how they tell the story and compare and contrast them to my own. And it's like, wow, I really like that. And so it's not just you yourself telling a story, but going to even go or going to a storytelling circle or workshopping event hearing other people's story and help help them develop it makes me a better uh storyteller i think but it's i'm a work in progress <laughs> stay tuned on this uh, one. We, we all are and this leads to the final question which maybe you've actually answered already it's always the same question as you know part of our mission is to encourage new storytellers so what advice would you give in a sentence or two to new or almost new tellers? Jump right in. Don't worry, don't worry. If you want, go to a workshop. You get some, you know, do's and don'ts. But the best thing is start telling your story idea to as many people as you can. Well, thank you so much. This brings us, this brings us to the end of our conversation. Nina, thank you so much for your story and our conversation. And I do feel that in a way we've just scratched the surface. There's more to be discussed and we'll have to do this again. Friends, this also brings us to the end of our program. So thanks again to our True Tales Live crew. And a couple of brief reminders to pick up something, some of the things that Amy mentioned. Our next event is next week. Our workshop, Tuesday, December 6th from 7 to 8.30. And as Amy says, if you're thinking about trying out a story, the workshop is a great place to do so. You can sign up at our website. You can learn more about True Tales Live at our website, truetaleslivenh.org. And <clears throat> while you're on the website, you can be there and go there and sign up for our newsletter, True Tales Times. And if you're already a subscriber, we do have a favor to ask. We'd like to build up our readership and our audience. And we'd appreciate it if you would share the Times, your copy with friends. Sharing your e-copy of the Times does not pre-commit them to subscribing. As Amy mentioned, we're on hiatus this December. Our next show is the 31st of January with an open theme. Our workshop is on the 3rd. Tonight's show will be posted on PPM TV's YouTube channel, thanks to our editor and producer and cold recovering John Lovering. In her email to me, Nina noted, Sharing stories has led me to a richer sense-making about people, events, and myself. It has also led to demystifying to listeners how I think and act and speak. 
In a similar vein, writer and editor Nello Hopkinson wrote, so there's a freeing up that happens when I can go into that storytelling mode. It isn't about how much sense you make. It's about how compelling you are. That's our program for tonight. Thanks to our tellers, our crew, and you. My name is David Frayner. Good night. Thank you.